Welcome to Building Healthy Relationships, the Four Habits podcast, helping you enjoy better harmony at home, thrive at work, and win at life. Here are your hosts, Dr. Andrea and John Taylor Cummings, recognized authorities on the subjects of improving work relationships and cultures, as well as couple and home relationships. Well, hello and welcome. Welcome to our podcast guests. This is Building Healthy Relationships, the Four Habits podcast. And today we are delighted to have our special guest, Limbert Spencer. Yes, Limbert (laughs) Spencer, OBE. Those of you who've listened to our podcast where we explain the difference between equity, diversity and inclusion would have heard me mention Limbert's name as the guru. Absolute guru in the space. I've had the privilege of working with Limbert and he's taught me how to address diversity and inclusion, the whole agenda with excellence and with impact. So we're we're beyond excited to have you on the call with us today, Limbert. But before you speak, I want to do a proper introduction. So Limbert Spencer OBE has over 40 years experience as a consultant and trainer specializing in inclusive leadership, performance management, personal development, and executive coaching. Limbert has worked across the globe for clients such as Bank of America Merrill Lynch, Barclays Bank, Midland Bank, Bloomberg, the Metropolitan Police, and the list goes on. Uh, Limbert has authored and co-authored a number of books, including the Diversity Pocketbook and Introducing the Business of Inclusion. Limbert's founded and co-founded a number of businesses, uh, the Center for Inclusive Leadership, from which he semi-retired uh, in 2020, but being the man that he is, not to be kept uh, <laughs> sitting still, Limbert is now part of Trust Inclusion, working with senior the senior leadership in schools in the education sector. And Limbert's going to tell us more a bit later about the work that he does. He's been advisor to several government departments, including uh, the Cabinet Office, House of Parliament, other organizations on leadership and diversity issues. So when I say he is the guru in this space, he is the guru. So Limbert, a very warm welcome from all of us. Well, thank you. Thanks very much, Andrea. Uh, there's uh... Uh, a, a number of things always on uh, on CVs, um, <laughs> and uh, I I can't keep up with it myself. Um, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, Lumba, don't you have uh, some acting in there and some athlete, yes, the radio show, yes, but that's that's uh, a long time ago. Several pounds lighter, um, <laughs> more muscle, less fat. Um, but, uh, but yes, there's 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 those things. Uh, You're doing but, yourself uh, an injustice because you've taught me even more recently how to do push-ups properly. So, gosh, uh, <laughs> what what a memory! What a memory! But well, for some of our, it's lovely um, to be here and to have the opportunity to share with you. And uh, uh, thanks for inviting me. Our pleasure, Ab- absolute pleasure. So let's let's jump into it. I mean, th- there is just so much that we could talk about, but. We wanted to start with talking about some of the things that you're passionate about. What is it that that drives you? What's what's your your passion? What what what's the difference? The change you're trying to make here, um, and then we'll circle back to the the part that relationships have had to play in that, because as you know, this is building healthy relationships. That's a key part of what we're trying to do: help people uh, find 
a way to thrive at work, to win at life, and if possible, find better harmony at home as well. So yeah. what are some of those things that drive you and what part of relationships yeah, have to play in that? What's driving your passion in this season? In this season of life, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that the, the driver for a, a long, long time now has been about inclusion. Um, the seasonal changes, as it were, tend to be um, the, the particular sectors uh, that, uh, that that I'm engaged with. But the passion has always been inclusion, certainly for at least the last uh, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, um, it's all about uh, enabling, supporting, uh, getting leaders to recognize the importance of creating and maintaining inclusive environments. And And when I talk about an inclusive environment, I define inclusion as an emotion. It's how we feel. And that feeling, that sense of being included uh, is generated when leaders and other enablers have their people feel respected, trusted, safe, valued, and having, as a consequence of that, a sense of belonging. And yeah. that, for me, is inclusion. And, and I often say, um, you know, to, to would-be clients, um, uh, the answer is inclusion. Now tell me what your question is. What's the question? <laughs> uh, because uh, I do believe that once you have a bunch of people in a team, in a group, in a community, uh, even in a nation state, or dare I say, different regions of the world, if they feel respected, trusted, safe, valued, all sorts of things are possible. Absolutely. If they don't, everything becomes difficult. And at the far end of the scale, you basically have war. And going further, you have genocide. So this isn't just about, you know, uh, half a dozen people um, in in a team uh, running a a retail environment or manufacturing. I believe it's it's for the whole world, frankly. So that's the passion. That's wow. the we can hear that coming through loud and clear. Yeah, and I'm just my mind is being drawn to what's going on at the moment around the world in the Middle East and different parts of the world there. As you say, it can lead to all sorts of things when people aren't included. Yeah. Yeah, wow. we, 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 we don't need to look very far. Mm. Um and we don't need to have a massive imagination. Uh but somehow those connections don't ever seem to get made. Which, you know, brings us neatly onto the the second part of that question is what role do you see relationships playing when you describe inclusion Mm. in such a powerful way? What would you say about the role relationships have to play in that? Well, I think relationships are integral uh, to this. Um, And uh, I'm never quite sure what drives which, um, because if there is no inclusion if there isn't that sense of feeling included it's hard to maintain uh, relationships yet uh, relationships are also part and parcel of uh, being uh, in a place where you feel included you know it you 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 don't feel included uh, on your own it, yeah. it's not a it's, it's not <laughs> something that happens um, in, in isolation so it's happening in relationship with other people. So it's almost a symbiotic uh, um, relationship. 
Um, but you know, uh, no, if there's no positive relationships, then you're unlikely to feel included. 100%. At the same time, if there isn't a sense of inclusion, you're unlikely to have and maintain positive relationship. Yeah. So uh, there, there is that um, symbiosis, I think, that goes on. And, and for me, it implies, and we don't spend a lot of time on this um, in, in the, much of the work that I do because it's, it's corporate or it's based around uh, organizations. Um, there's also something about managing your own inclusion. You know, mm. what do I need to do in order to um, uh, have a sense of uh, feeling respect? If I don't respect me, it's pretty tough for others to mm. respect me. Mm. So, um, you know, but that's a whole other program. Yes, yes, that's for the that's for the next conversation. I was just thinking and, that. And actually, in in the workshops that we do, we quote you a lot when we talk about inclusive leadership because of the definition that you have. You know, that intentional relationship of influence. Do you want to tell us some more about that? Well, yeah, I mean that that that's around the whole um, in, being an included an inclusive leader. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I've always separated the two things out. So uh, a, a leader for me is somebody who is creating and maintaining an intentional relationship of influence. Yeah. Right? Uh, and it's not necessarily about hierarchy. So mm -hmm. your leader can be anywhere in the organization. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they are concerned with influencing others. They're intentional in that and then when we come to thinking about or when i think about an inclusive leader it's about an intentional relationship of influence designed to enable people to feel respected trusted safe valued and have a sense of belonging wow. yeah um and and you know I, if i break this down i kind of sometimes say look the whole point all you have to do as a leader is work out how to have the individuals in your team, in your group, feel respected, trusted, safe, and valued. Yeah. Do that. Don't worry about anything else. Just do that. Do that. Go away. Mm -hmm. You can do it. You don't need me to tell you because you need to get to know your people in order to do that. And this brings in the second, you know, the whole thing about uh, equity or equality, which, as you know, I talk about in terms mm -hmm. of just treating people equally well. And you can't do that if you don't know who the people are. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> Otherwise why... you apply the blanket, blanket approach and that doesn't work. Absolutely. And it implies treating people differently. Mm. And that's why there is such a, an issue, I think, often for organizations and leaders in organizations because they confuse treating everybody the same with treating people equally well. Mm. Absolutely. And that's well, what I so. mean about uh, Limbert helping to separate the strands so that we have clarity about what it is that we're really trying to achieve yeah. and doing it better. And, uh, you know, there is so much resonance between your passion for inclusion and our passion with relationships, because we've always said that people can only take responsibility for things if it's very clear what they're expected to do. And if you give them a core behavior around doing relationships well, you start creating the environment for inclusion to happen. And from that, you will get the sense of, you know, the quality of relationships, the, the sense of feeling valued and respected and 
people are able to flourish and performance start getting better and well-being, you know, it, it just becomes that ripple effect. So I love the way you talked about symbiosis because we certainly experience that even in the work that we do together. Yeah. Um, there's so much more we could say yeah. on this, but we're going to have to ask you the next well, question. Well, I, I, I think it leads beautifully into the next question because we're talking about relationships. And I think relationships are easy when the other person is nice and easy to get on with. <laughs> when the other person is a bit of a challenge, then it's not so good. And things can quite easily happen in relationships where something, certainly in our experience, something triggers a negative spiral. And now you're having to deal with challenges. Just wanted to tap into your experience in that space there where uh, maybe the relationship might be challenged, but you're having to deal, you're having to deal with somebody who is just not playing ball, not responding, but you're still trying to make them feel included. Any, any experiences in that space? Any, any stories, any yes. Any stories to share that <laughs> yeah. how you I mean, managed I, to, well, the next part will then be how you managed to, to, to get over that. I mean, I think that there's a caveat for me, and, and that is um, some t you, it starts in my head with, you know, uh, how much do I value this relationship? Mm. Um, and 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 so uh, sometimes uh, if the relationship that you are developing, and we say it with our children, don't we? You know, <laughs> don't hang about with that group, mm -hmm. right? Because having a relationship with them is not going to be good for you. Yeah. And I think we sometimes forget that for ourselves as uh, as professionals. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are uh, in professional relationships uh which are not good for ourselves or the others um mm. and recognizing that is important so that's my caveat yeah um, mm -hmm. those relationships that we value and want to maintain i, I try to live out not always uh well i confess uh the the advice i got uh from uh an, uh, an old woman. She probably wasn't as old as I am now. <laughs> but at the time, yeah. you thought. At the time, she was. I thought she was an old woman. Uh, and it was uh, basically uh, on, on my wedding day. And uh, she said uh, in the church uh, to my, me and my wife, uh, don't let the sun go down on a quarrel. And uh, Try to live that out in, in other contexts. Don't let the sun go down, you know, uh, uh, or, or at least don't get to two sunsets uh, <laughs> on, on an issue. Try and find a way of beginning to address it. Um, and, and that's really important and, that, and that's tough. But, you know, the further away you are from uh, a situation which has broken down or is becoming fractured, it seems to me, in terms of time, then the more difficult it is to repair. Uh, and I'm pretty certain that um, uh, you will have experienced what I've experienced in, in especially in, in a church environment, where you can have uh, individuals who are in that environment who haven't spoken for years. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they've even forgotten what the rift was about. They just know they don't speak to that person, mm. which then carries on and carry, can carry on through generations. And that also happens in the corporate world where, you know, uh, one department, oh, we never speak to them. Uh, and uh, that just is, is fracturous. So not letting the sun go down or trying to keep the distance between a challenging uh, issue that could damage the relationship 
trying to keep the distance short between it happening and you beginning to address it, I think is key. Because exactly. actually, you know, it doesn't really matter what you do in that first instance, but if you engage, you've got a much, much better chance, even if you do it badly. Mm. You've got a much, much better chance yeah. of mending princes, bridges, or whatever the metaphor is. So, so that was my question: the, the, mm. is you know, what do you do? And the answer you just given us is engage. Because we, as much as we'd like, we can't really keep the sun from going down. Because <laughs> try and keep it up there. You're not <laughs> going down, down. Yeah. But that's such a powerful point. You know, not not leaving things to fester and allowing time to pass. Because then we we each tell ourselves we get trapped in the narrative in our head about yeah. what actually happened and. That's the thing that becomes bigger and bigger with the negative emotions. Mm. And quite often, I love what you said about even if you do it badly, just engage, because a lot of times people feel unable to address it or afraid of addressing it or not knowing how to address it. And because of that, end up not addressing it at all. And that just makes it worse. Uh, Yeah, very powerful. Very powerful. you shared one bit of advice, which would have been our, our next question. You know, what advice have you heard about relationships that um, really landed well with you? So maybe we'll push you to think of another. But out of that, we'd love to know what do you want to pass on to the next generation? And maybe in answering that, you could do that in terms of your own children and grandchildren, what you'd love for them to take on, but also in an inclusion sense, what would you love the next generation across the world to embrace? Big question, so I'll hand it to you. Yeah, they are, they are big. I, I think that, um, uh, that, you know, the, that notion of um, keeping the distance short between the incident or whatever it was mm. and seeking to address it is so, so fundamental. Um, uh, so so I, would, I would reiterate that. I think the other the other bit of advice is is actually to be brave because very few people have died in my understanding from engaging with somebody because something has gone wrong with their personal or uh, corporate relationship right it's actually unlikely to be life threatening yeah mm. um, but it could be phenomenally life enhancing Mm. You know, so so there's huge potential gains against actually there might be a kind of loss of face in the first instance. Uh, you might just have to recognize that um, your ego shouldn't get in the way of you uh, being the one to say sorry. Um, because so often we go back to what I call the school playground. You know, uh, it's their fault. Uh, therefore, I'm not going to uh, do this or that. Uh, if they say sorry, then I might kind of <laughs> approach. And so nobody makes any any progress. Um, but the the thing uh, for me is is that notion of being. Uh, you talked about responsibility earlier on, um, and I like to play with words, and and I break that one down into response. Ability and the extent to which we fail to take responsibility is the extent to which we literally give up our ability to respond. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so that notion, you know, 
uh, of uh, going back to school days and the playground, I'm not responsible because that is perceived as blame. I think we take into our adulthood, into our relationships, whether we're talking personal, whether we're talking in the organization. I'm not to blame, therefore, I'm not going to take responsibility. And the minute we position ourselves in that place, we quite literally, as I say, give up the ability to respond. Powerful. That's a real, that that just kills it. Mm. That is, yeah, that one lands Mm -hmm. really powerfully, giving up our ability to respond. Yeah. Yeah. And we're brought up in a blame culture aren't we where everybody's so easy quick to pass the buck there's a book that i'd love to write in time which is about marriages for grown-ups because (laughs) that's the context in which we can no longer hide behind this playground behavior where we have to show up and show up well and really respond well rather than react and and as you were speaking earlier just reminding us that quite often it's our ego that gets in the way Mm. and we just think you know what no i'm not doing this and my mind actually went back when you said about the sun going down taken back to an occasion where i failed in that regard but at least we managed to make it right before the second sundown so 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 we we, we got in there but my goodness gracious me it's so easy when the ego jumps in it's so easy to go nope i'm 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 not at fault here it's their fault they need to do something about it and as you say it's not it's not doing the relationship any favors yeah being right can be such an issue uh, you know, because I'm right, I'm not going to uh, do anything about this because I'm right. I'm not at fault. And uh, and maybe we just need to think about, you know, making things right rather than being over concerned about being right, which is a whole different way of being. Yeah. And that goes back to what you said about if you value the relationship, then make things right rather than be right yeah really powerful so what would you like your next generation your family to in inherit you know what's the legacy you want to leave our own relationships for them uh, well i i think the notion about uh, forgiveness is, is 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 important and powerful um and again you know it, it helps me to to actually focus on the word uh, mm. And and it's about being for giving, as opposed wow. to being for receiving. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, you know, your your and and the and the really powerful thing about that is when we when we really get that, and when we seek to engage in our uh, relationships from that standpoint, we recognise that actually we are the beneficiaries. We are the beneficiaries when we are uh, people who seek to be forgiving. Um, and I think, again, going back to you know, the impact of wider societal uh, norms or um, you, you know, societal common sense uh, speaking, we often talk about forgive and forget. And we link them as though they were joined at the hip, as it mm. were. And they're not. And what we end up thinking is, I can't forgive that person, that thing, because I'll never forget it. And they're different things. Yeah. Mm. You know, uh, we are likely to maintain the memory for some time, um, even if we are 
committed to forgiving and separating those two can be really liberating yes you know i've forgiven you which means i'm not going to hold it against you i'm not going to bring it up every time we have a conversation uh, i'm not going to bad mouth you about that but to be perfectly honest i can't forget it just yet mm-hmm. it's still there i'm not going to pretend i i've forgotten it and i think that that's what often gets in the way of people um being forgiving wow because they know they'll they'll, they'll not forget yeah, yeah. Time. and our society says forgive and forget yeah. well they're not the same thing i think that's just so liberating i think as you put it there separate the two words just allows people to then say oh maybe there's a world in which i could forgive because i'm not being asked to forget at the same time and i think that's the liberating power in separating the two there and it goes back to what you said earlier about our ability to respond well because when we choose to forgive of course we're choosing to not indulge those feelings of bitterness and resentment and you know we're working on ourselves to put our heart in a better place even if we might not want to expose ourselves to the relationship in a way to be hurt again because we've not forgotten what it's like, yeah. but we can still choose to have the heart posture of forgiveness. Absolutely. Powerful. Absolutely. Powerful. And Limber, I'm sure there's so many words I, you could, you I could unpack. I, I just wanted to ask one, one more question, perhaps. If that's such a powerful message to give to the next generation of young people, what would you give to the maybe the next generation or even the current generation of leaders out there whether they are corporate leaders, whether they are school leaders, church leaders, church leaders, yeah. community leaders, country leaders, given, given what's going on around the world, what, what would your message be there, I guess, from your heart of inclusion? But in general, what would your message be, be to them? In that space? That's a big yeah. question. It is a big question. <laughs> it is a big question. But, but in many ways, uh, I, I, I think I'm a one-trick pony, John, you know, uh, because I just go back to inclusion. And um, uh, my message would be, ask yourself, um, if, you're, if you're a leader, it doesn't matter at whatever level, mm-hmm. how can you enable all your people to feel included? And how can you create and manage that inclusive environment? Um, and there are probably four things uh, that uh, need to be taken into account, I think, in doing that. The first is you need to get to know your people. Now, if you're a nation state, you also can't get to know all of your people. But you need to get to know your nation, your your direct report, the people who are directly around you. And you need to be behaving with them in a way that's going to be reflected down the uh, down the hierarchy, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, we've seen in terms of um, our nation's leadership uh, in the last couple of years that actually that um, that spiraling down happens doesn't it um uh, uh, (laughs) the leadership wasn't great and then that just dripped down it drip fed everything Mm -hmm. else Uh, so recognize that recognize that you need to get to know your people if you're going to treat them equally well Mm -hmm. so that they can be their best self and do their best work and feeling and and you might need also um to well you might not not might you must then model that behavior um you know, it's no good asking people to stay at home and then going to a party just to. Nobody's ever. You done went that. there. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. Um, you know, you, you can't. You can't do that because yeah. the the people who know the truth are in the outer office, as it were. I yeah. grew up in an age where leaders had 
offices. There was an outer office with secretaries and yeah. uh, other acolytes and so on. Um, you know, they know the truth and they know that the memo is meaningless. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? They're talking to other people yeah. who are yeah. getting the memo. So um, you need to model what it mm. is that you're seeking to create in terms of an inclusive environment. And you might need to challenge people who are not uh, actually operating uh, in the way that you are modeling and that you would want. Um, and that I think people find difficult, yeah. whether we're talking about personal relationships uh, uh, at home or in our wider uh, extended family, or we're talking about um, the corporate or, or global world. And one way I believe of doing that in a way that can be really powerful is just to remember and then uh, challenge people with whatever the values are that you espouse, either in your family or in the organization. And just ask the simple question, you know, to what extent uh, does this behavior or what you said this morning, how does that align with our value of X? Can we have a conversation about that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so the challenge is, isn't saying you behave badly. Yeah. Saying, can we have a conversation? Yeah. You know, I think that that can be very powerful. Yeah. And then, you know, the fourth thing uh, is to actually find a way of, uh, and again, you might need to lay aside your fears here and ask the question, what do you need from me if you're going to be your best self and do your best work? Mm -hmm. Awesome. You know, so, so that's it. Limbert, I, I, I hope we can have another conversation because there is so much more, so much wisdom that you just naturally ooze in every conversation, everything you're saying, so much for us to take in. But I know that um, we're up against the clock. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, but it's almost like every word you, that you have, you can unpack and put it into two or three parts that all just bring light. Yeah. It's been really wonderful talking. I, I love those four. What was it? So I, I'm going to put it into, into relationship language because the first one you said was get to know your people, which is build a relationship, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then model, challenge. And number four was... Support. Hold them accountable to it. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and ask that, what they need from you. What they need yeah. from oh, you. Oh, what they need, what they from, need you. from you. Okay. Love it. What do they need from you? And, and so that's where supporting. And I think too many leaders, whether we're talking nationally, internationally, or locally, uh, too many leaders have an idea of what support looks like, but they never ask the other the, the people what they need. What yeah. they need. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. so, so powerful. We, wow. we, we'd love to do our bit to help you get your word out. Is, is there anything we can share with, with our listeners here today, viewers? Everybody's going to want to be Everybody's in touch with Everybody's going to want to find out more. What, what, uh, what... Well, I think the easiest way is my website, which is limbertspencer.co.uk. Uh, All right. We can certainly put that in the, in the show notes. Limbertspencer.co.uk. Yeah. And then there's the, the other work, if, especially if you're involved in education, uh, which would be trust inclusion. Uh, again, one word. Uh, dot org dot uh, uk trust inclusion another play on words which is uh, yeah, exactly another yeah. one yeah yeah trust it. inclusion but inclusion for the trusts yeah yeah the absolutely trusts. beautiful yeah. so, so what was that trust inclusion dot org dot uk we'll put it in the show notes yeah wonderful well I think as they say in uh what is it the acting world it's a wrap we we're gonna have to it's a wrap. We're it's wonderful. To... Conscious, you've got a, a train to go catch, so we, we better let I you go. But we could talk for hours, Linda. It's been a real delight, pleasure, privilege having Perfect. you on with us. We can, we can do it again when my when my next book comes out next year. 
Oh, hey, fabulous. We're going to hold you to that. that. Thank you Lovely. so much. Lovely. Anyway, we'll ask everybody else, please like, share, subscribe. This is uh, one of those podcasts that we definitely, well, all of them, we want to get out there and share the message about how we can each take personal responsibility and improve our ability to respond well as we relate to each other, build those skills so that we can turn up better, have better conversations and get better outcomes in all of life. Thanks for being with us. All right. Thank you. You again, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did and you want to hear more, the best thing to do is subscribe then you'll never miss an episode. There's a new one every Friday. You can stay connected with us on social media at The Four Habits for updates, behind-the-scenes content, and to participate in discussions related to the show. We always love to hear from you. And of course, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your preferred platform to allow us to reach more listeners and help people around the globe radically transform the way they do relationships so they too can enjoy better harmony at home, thrive at work and win at life.